Welcome everyone to a special episode of the virtual coffee break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. My name is Martin Mangual, wishing you all a happy new year. As the calendar turns to a new year, conversations in the farm shift towards planning. Planning for that year's crops, planning for the market projections, and just overall goals for the year. However, in that planning conversation, we must include how to plan in case of a crisis. And that is the topic for today's episode. Senior educator Phil Durst and Jolene Griffin from UDIM will discuss crisis preparedness. So let's get started. Hi, my name is Phil Durst. I'm with Michigan State University Extension. And I'm Jolene Griffin with United Dairy Industry of Michigan, the dairy checkoff for dairy farmers in the state of Michigan. And today we're going to talk about being prepared for the crisis before it happens. Crisis preparedness. You know, on the farm, as well as in society, things happen unexpectedly, and often the duration and the scope of the impact is determined by how we react to those problems. And wow, 2020 has been quite a year. We can't plan for these things. We can't control these things, but we can manage how we respond to the risks and how we respond to the crisis. As dairy farmers, you are always thinking about the plans that you have for all areas of your farm, whether that's how you're managing the manure and the nutrients, it's how you're growing the crops, it's how you're raising your calves and, and protocols that you have in the milking parlor to collect that, that milk that we all enjoy. Crisis preparedness is a, another plan that we encourage you to think about. It's not just protecting your farm, while that is a huge component of it, it's also thinking about the reputation of the entire dairy industry. You know, right now, um, we are in a, a time where word travels so fast. Bad news travels even faster. We're all connected so much virtually, and that information is, is going to spread. And there are those people who are not going to understand what's going on. There are those people who are going to use this as another black eye for the entire industry and your farm and your area. And so we wanna make sure that having a crisis plan in place will help you help your farm, help your family, help the dairy community be able to work through that. Jillian, that's so important. I can picture a consumer going to the grocery store and, and having just seen on, on on some social media platform, some bad story about dairy. And, and, and as they go to the grocery store, they think, yeah, I'm not sure I wanna buy dairy. I'm not sure I wanna give that to my kids. I'm not sure I wanna support the industry. And so reputation is, is important in this industry because people do make decisions based on what they hear. They make purchasing decisions based on what they hear. Oh, absolutely. It's all about that reputation that, that our food has with people. You know, uh, there was a, a poll done, a Gallup poll done in 2020, and farmers and agriculture are at the top of the trust list for consumers. They really do trust what you're doing. They trust how you're caring for your animals. They trust the food that you're providing. And any crisis, any issue will start to chip away at that. And we want to make sure that we're keeping dairy foods at the top of mind with consumers. Um, at the end of 2019, there was a, a poll done, a, another study done that showed that milk is in 94% of homes across the country. 
So by showing the good stories and showing the care that we take of our cows really does help to continue that trust with consumers. Yeah, I need to go get some more milk because I'm just about polished off the gallon I have in my fridge. But there are problems that can happen on farms. And we know this. We know that farms, there's, there's many things that can happen because there's many things going on. There's, it could be an environmental problem, such as a chemical spill or a manure spill. It could be animal abuse problems, or at least a perception of animal abuse by an employee, by a visitor even. It could be employee injury, employee death, employee abuse problems, accidents involving employees, or intention against employees. And it could be food quality problems that are caused by accident or intention. Any of those things have the potential to hurt your reputation and your business. Yeah, and you're right, Phil. We're we're working with people, we're working with animals, we're working with equipment. Um, and, and sometimes in bad weather, there are a number of things that, that could go wrong. Part of my role with UDIM, I work on the, the crisis team. I have been able to help farmers work through crises. I've been able to take some of those experiences and create resources and training opportunities to bring the entire industry into an area where we're comfortable making our crisis plans and, and we know who to call and, and the steps to take in a crisis. Uh, before I came to UDIM, I spent seven years at the National Dairy Checkoff. And there I was also on the crisis team. And I also come from a dairy family. My, my family has a dairy farm uh, in Michigan. And when I was still working for DMI and living in the Chicago area, um, I was part of a team that helped put together resources for other folks in, in my shoes to help farmers in, in their areas. And, you know, I, I brought those plans home. I brought those resources home uh, in December of 2013, around Christmas time. But many of us know that there was a big ice storm that week. Uh, our farm was without power for four and a half days. We had our tractor running nonstop to keep the generator up and running to care for our cows. Our focus went into caring for those cows, caring for our employees, making sure everybody was safe during that, that crisis. So we didn't have a chance to look at the crisis materials that I had brought home. And I went back to work, I went back to, you know, attending farmer meetings and meeting with other farmers across the country. And fast forward three months in March of uh, 2014, and I received a phone call from my brother. I was actually at a meeting with other farmers and we had just finished a session about creating crisis plans. And so I stepped out into the parking lot and called him back and said, Jason, what, what's going on? And he said, the, the bull attacked Alicia and she died. And in that instant, uh, I went into crisis mode. I knew that I needed to help my family. I knew we had a lot of steps that we needed to take. And, you know, looking back, I can now say that fortunately, I had those steps in my head. I knew who I could call. I knew I could call my team. I knew I could call the team in Michigan um, and they would help us. And I knew what to tell my brother to do uh, in the interim of me getting home to the farm to help. And a couple of those things that I told him to do right away were to work with the authorities. We needed to make sure that they had what they needed. We needed to, um, when, when her family came, we needed to be the ones to tell them because we had watched her kids grow. She had worked for us for over 10 years. We, we owe that to her family. 
um, we needed to alert the veterinarian because sometimes these stories and these instances will spark ideas or um, theories from other people. And so we needed our vet to be on standby in case we needed to talk about our animal care practices. And then we, we needed to get rid of that bull that day. Um, and so, you know, as, as the days in, uh, kind of moved on working with UDIM, we were able to draft a family statement that we shared with anybody and everybody, anybody who stepped foot on the farm, from our milk truck driver to our nutritionist to our insurance person, they received that statement and that UDIM helped us to, to draft that. We monitored media because media did show up um, and they helped, UDIM helped us work with that and give that statement to those, those media sources. And then just to be able to answer questions of our insurance company and you know, other folks who, who needed um, to, to hear that story. And you know, as dairy farmers, uh, we tend to focus on our cows. We love animals. We love caring for our cows. And sharing stories like this is not something that comes natural. But my family has made a commitment to be able to share this story so that it can help others who might come into the same situation or a similar situation. We want to make sure that our dairy farmers across Michigan know that we have resources uh, that, that can help in a situation like that. And we have resources to help prepare for a crisis beforehand. Jolene, no matter how many times I hear you tell that story, I'm always impacted by it because I think about the emotions that, that just get so uh, inflamed at a time like that. Um, I think about the heartache that, that you have as a family and, 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 and I feel there's even guilt in, in all that. And, and then there's the demands of, of, of the phone ringing from this uh, press outlet or that press outlet and and all those things are going on and it can be so difficult to to make logical decisions during a time like that so difficult to think clearly that unless you have a plan ahead of time you can flounder in that state for days and and you really need to have a plan that's going to direct you through that time of of such turmoil because otherwise those things linger and the black eye gets bigger and bigger and bigger rather than being uh, resolved. And so it's just a reminder that preparedness is so important because we don't know when that's gonna happen. We don't know when something's gonna happen. Yeah, absolutely. You, you hit it right on the head, Phil. I mean, I still get uh, choked up every time I, I tell that story because it is so personal. And I, I think back and those emotions were so raw and my, my family, still had to take care of our cows and our other employees. And so I was able to be there to answer some of those phone calls and to make other phone calls and to help walk through that situation. You know, it was March, it was still snowing and cold and, you know, you still have animals that need to be milked and calves that need to be fed. And, and so being able to help with some of those additional steps that are now, now added on, plus the healing aspect. It was was so important and you know and, and that's helped that um, you know we we encourage uh, farmers if, if they're going through something like that call United Dairy Industry of Michigan that's something that we can help with we can come in and help manage those media requests we can help manage some of those phone calls that that have to be made because you're right you're you're dealing with this crisis you're dealing with your emotions and you're still running a business and you're still caring for your families and, and your farm team. Yeah. So what I see is, is two ways of preparing. 
I see the one way of preparing is, is what do you could do in the midst of a crisis, right? And, and, and that's what we'll talk a little bit more about that. But the other way of preparing, of course, is how can we potentially avoid things by reducing risks on the farm? I think it's important that, that we evaluate our farm operations and look at potential risks for accidents. What, what makes an accident happen? Because if we wait for accidents to happen and then respond, we're always working behind the ball, but getting ahead of the, the game and, and, and thinking about what could go wrong and how can we reduce the risk of that happening? That's an important part of this as well too, that we're really not gonna get into today, but it's an important part that farmers ought to be thinking about and evaluating their operations for potential problems. Yeah, and that, that's a really good point too. And you know, there are so many resources that we work with and other members of our farm team, uh, reaching out and asking them and having an open conversation with them, whether it's you know, your, your dairy extension agent or your nutritionist or your veterinarian, asking them what they think are some of the issues that, that could arise on your farm. Because sometimes, you know, as we're going through our day-to-day, -day, we don't see things clearly you know, we've always done it this way, or this is how we have to do it. So asking some of those experts that we work with to sit down and, and chat with you or while they're there, you know, while they're doing herd checks, you know, ask them, what do you, what do you think about this? Or what are you seeing on our farm that we might not be seeing? And one of the other things we could do is think about the near misses we have. You know, sometimes when something's a near miss, we think, well, that didn't happen. So no problem there. It's a near miss. It didn't, didn't happen, but it could have, but we don't have to worry about that. But those near misses tend to repeat. And, and so anytime there's a near miss, we really ought to take it seriously and evaluate that to, and, and go back and figure out what we could do differently to avoid a near miss in the future. So, you know, this thing about the, the, um, the importance of doing this ahead of time, it just is so clear to me because, you know, Jolie, I told you a, a couple of years ago, it was winter time and, and uh, I was driving in my truck on a, on a country road and um, going to a farm. And, uh, you know, one minute I was fine. It was going up the hill and, and everything was great. The next second I was backwards in the opposite lane and then rolling down an embankment in my truck. Everything in the truck was flying all over the place and, and it land, the truck landed on, on the passenger side and I was hanging by my seatbelt uh, up, up in the air. And, and you know, I, I was thankful to be fine because I was fine. Um, the truck was totaled, but but I was fine. And it was because I had that seatbelt on. And I, I put the seatbelt on when I got in the truck and started going, not when the accident started, because there was no opportunity once the accident started to put a seatbelt on. There was no, no ability to do it then. And that's why crisis preparedness has to happen during the calm times, during the down times, during the winter time, even, if you will. And that's why we encourage the beginning of the year, you take time and develop a crisis preparedness plan so that when it occurs, you're already ready. What does a crisis plan look like, Jolene? Yeah, you know, Phil, that analogy just really um, helps describe it all too well. First of all, we're, we're all glad that you're okay from, from that. And, you know, and you're exactly right. When a crisis happens, it's flying by, but it's also going in slow motion. Um, and your, your mind is, is just racing. So thinking about a plan ahead of time is, is so important. We do have uh, plans that we've developed uh, through the dairy checkoff that we can send to folks and, and we can even help write them. We can help you 
go through those documents and, and really pick out what you need to do. You know, I think the, the first thing to do, and you know, Phil, you talked about maybe in winter time, um, or as we're thinking about the end of the year, the beginning of the year, you know, we kind of look at our, um, we look at our other plans or we look at, you know, inventory that we have on hand, having this be something that we add to that checklist. So thinking about the plan, the first thing, the most important thing is, is the people. Who is going to need to be involved to help you through this? At the start of 2020, uh, UDIM sent a mailing to all dairy farms. Um, it included uh, a letter, it included um, a list of steps to take after a crisis happens. It included testimonials from farmers who we've helped during crises. And it also included a magnet that you can keep those emergency contact numbers in a place where employees can see them. So uh, a crisis isn't gonna occur on a Wednesday at noon. It could occur on a Saturday night at midnight or Sunday morning or when you're not there, you're at an industry meeting. And so making sure that your employees, your people know who they can call if they can't get in touch with you. You know, knowing who's going to call UDIM, who's gonna call some of your other team members, your, your field reps, who's going to call all the employees and let them know what's going on. Who's going to call your veterinarian and your nutritionist also knowing who's going to be the point person for media. Um, they, they will show up and we don't want to give them a, a no comment comment. We want to give them a statement. We want to not fuel that fire with them. So who's going to do that? Who's going to contact them and, and reply to them? You know, who's going to help reach out to the insurance company? Who's going to reach out to other folks? So looking at the people and who can help you during this situation is that first step of that plan. Jolene, that just impresses me because you're talking about a team of people. You mentioned mm -hmm. your nutritionist, your veterinarian, your UDIM, and, and it does take a team to respond to these things. You know, farmers tend to be a little independent, you may have noticed. And, um, and you know, we often think we can handle this ourselves. And the reality is we need other people to help us during times like this. So developing the team ahead of time, identifying the roles that they're going to play and, and, how, and who's going to notify them and what we're asking from them is really important because it does take a team of people. Absolutely. And, and there's a team behind you. There is a team that is available and, and ready, to, ready to help no matter what time of day, no matter the day of the week, or if it's a holiday there are people who want to help you because we want to help our, our farmers get work through this. We want to help you get back to your business and, and we want to help the industry thrive and survive. So Jolene, as I understand it, you know, farms need to start thinking about how they're going to respond to a potential crisis and, and develop a kind of a written plan. And, and that written plan is not just something to put on the shelf to say, I have a written plan on the shelf, but it's something to know and something to be organized so that farmers actually can, can follow through and do this thing. And that not only for the farmers, but, but everybody involved in the operation knows about it. And they have the access to those numbers. They have the access to, to everything that has to be done because these things have to be decided ahead of time when we make those decisions ahead of time, we take off some of that stress of the situation. You know, we, we've talked about that, that the situation, the crisis is going to be stressful enough, but when people know the roles that they have, when they know who they can call, 
when they know their next steps, when they know where to go, it really does help to ease some of that. And it helps them to be able to make those decisions. Um, you know, making those decisions when you're under emotional stress uh, is, is, not, um, is not productive. And it's, you know, we're not necessarily going to make the best, the best decisions, but knowing what we're going to do ahead of time. And, you know, and just thinking too, it, sharing that plan with the immediate employees, um, those, those immediate team members, and then also those other folks that we work with, the veterinarians, the nutritionists, the agronomists, you know, letting them know that there is a plan in place. And in case they're at the farm when something happens, and in case there might be a rule for them as well. So it's letting people know that, hey, during this time, we might reach out to you and here's what we would need. I think there's an additional benefit in sharing it with employees. I think it makes them more safety conscious. I think it raises the level of, of awareness that yes, something bad can happen and I'm a part of that. In fact, it could happen to me and it helps open people's eyes to, to the risks there are. So, you know, we, we, we often think, oh, we don't share we, we, our weaknesses with people. We don't share our vulnerabilities with people, but by sharing those things with others, then you get stronger. Absolutely. And it helps us to see clearly, it helps us to see where we might be, um, where we might have a concern or where we might have a lack in our plan. You know, it is, it is so hard to think about crisis preparedness. It's so hard to talk about it, but you know, you're, you're exactly right, Phil, you hit it on the head and, and having that plan in place helps us to save time in a crisis. You know, every second is going to count. There's going to be so much that's going to need to be done. And knowing what we need to do is going to help our brain just go into gear and, and work through that. As people sit down to, to think about this, uh, they can call you, they can call me, they can contact us and say, can you give us a little help here? And then I think it's going to be a matter of iterations because no matter what they start with, there's always going to be ways to add to it or improve it. And I think that's another important time to to call or to contact either one of us and to say, how this is what I have so far. How can I add to it or improve it? And then every time a near miss happens, <laughs> to kind of walk through it and say, this is what we would have done if it had really happened. And I think those are all ways to reinforce this and to make it real and, and as much as possible to avoid it from ever happening, but be prepared in case it does. Yeah. And, and, you know, in each year, each month, each day, we're all learning something new and that we can add to our crisis plans. I think about when I joined uh, the dairy checkoff uh, team uh, 10 plus years ago, you know, we didn't necessarily have social media in our crisis plan because it wasn't as open. It wasn't as popular um, as it is now. And that's a big learning that, that we had shortly after that is you know, with Facebook opening up and then the invention of Instagram and YouTube and, and all of those, you know, so we, we learned, we learned how people communicate. And so we were able to change our plan and, you know, just thinking about our, our plans, they uh, will, they will change. They will, you know, we'll be able to add different people. We'll be able to add some of those learnings that you mentioned to make it even stronger of a plan. Yeah. And so I, I know that we would appreciate feedback from producers on this, you know, about a plan they developed or about what they're experiencing or what their questions they have about this. Any of those things helps that two-way communication in order that all of us get better for crisis preparedness. Yeah, we can learn from each other. 
we can, you know, and having those open conversations too does allow us to uncover some of those areas that we might need to improve or uh, increase. And, you know, hearing from people who have gone through similar situations, we can take learnings from them and learnings from each other. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's continuous improvement. Well, Jolene, thanks so much for joining us today for this MSU Extension Dairy Team Coffee Break. We're glad to talk with you and to, to learn more about this. And uh, we invite uh, producers to contact us. Thanks, Jolene. Thank you, Phil. Thank you very much. We would like to thank Phil and Jolene not only for the valuable information, but also for sharing their stories with our listeners today. Certainly, they bring into perspective the importance of being prepared in the onset of a crisis. As they mentioned in the podcast, they are available to help farmers get the necessary precautions and plan to deal with the crisis. To reach Phil, email dursp at msu.edu. That's D U R S T P at msu.edu. To reach Jolene Griffin, email jolene at milkmeansmore.org. That's J O L E N E at milkmeansmore.org. We thank you for tuning in, and we will talk next time in another episode of the virtual coffee break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. So please join us then. Mm-hmm.